0: Hi, this is Dave Breckenridge. I'm the host of 10.3, which you're listening to right now. My colleagues at the Edmonton Journal, who behind the Press Gallery podcast, if you're in Alberta politics or politics in general, it's a good listen. You should check it out and subscribe. They've been working on a multi-part series detailing the ins and outs of the most recent election in Alberta that saw former federal cabinet minister Jason Kenney ascend to power. As a bonus to fans of this show, we're offering you chapter two in how the Alberta election was won and lost. Check it out.
1: When I think about what has happened probably over the last year and a half here in Alberta democracy, it belongs on House of Cards, it belongs on
2: Netflix, it doesn't belong in Alberta politics.
0: I uh, asked our staff to. uh, uh, talked to everybody that had been on my leadership campaign staff uh, to see if they had any information or knowledge about inappropriate donations. And uh, so and everybody who was on our leadership campaign staff was called back in the, uh, I think, the late fall, uh, pro- probably around November, uh, when we first started to hear uh, concerns and reports about this issue. And um, the result of those inquiries was that nobody was aware of, had heard anything about, or in any way participated uh, in, in such activity.
2: Um. Hey, Jason, Jason, just looking for a comment on the RCMP, raid Peter Singh's office? I don't know. Do you stand by him? All or? I know,
0: all I know is what you know. Okay, afraid.
2: but do you stand by him as a candidate?
0: All I, all I know is what you know, Emma. Do
2: you have a stand He's by him candidate. As a candidate? He's our candidate, Okay, same one. Thanks, so Emma.
3: Emma. Thanks Emma.
2: Heading into the spring election, Jason Kenney's victory seemed pretty certain. His United Conservative Party was riding high in the polls. In fact, the UCP had led the NDP in those polls pretty much since the party was created in summer 2017. Kenney's three years of near-constant campaigning was paying off. It did help that he had a very simple message. Basically, it was, Alberta's economy's tanked and Rachel Notley's NDP hasn't done enough to help.
0: Public policy choices were made that made a bad situation much worse than it needed to be, that poured fuel on the flames of a recession at the worst possible time.
2: Within- oh yeah, and she's best friends with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, don't you know? But under the trudeau notley alliance,
0: this industry has been under siege for the past four years.
2: But then, for a brief moment, just before the election was called, it seemed as though the outcome may not be so certain. Evidence surfaced about an organised, so-called kamikaze campaign against Jason Kenney's biggest rival in the 2017 UCP leadership race, Brian Jean.
1: I'm formally announcing right now that I am seeking the leadership of the United Conservative Party.
2: remember Jean from last week's episode, the Fort McMurray politician and Wild Rose leader who was more popular than any other political party leader in Alberta, including Premier Notley.
1: I'm hoping that every day I come in there, I'm known as Mr. Sunshine.
3: And I'm gonna...
2: The kamikaze campaign revolved around Jeff Calloway, the former Wild Rose president who was not a huge fan of Brian Jean. First, there surfaced a clandestine recording of party operative meeting in rural Alberta. Then, documents were leaked to the media. That proved close ties between the campaigns of Kenny and Calloway. I'm Emma Graney and I cover politics for the Edmonton Journal. From the Press Gallery, you are listening to a special series on how the Alberta election was won and lost. Chapter one's already live, you should definitely go and listen to it. You can subscribe to the Press Gallery on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Give us a rating too. Our favourite number of stars is five. And tell your friends about us. Okay, back to Chapter 2. Provincial affairs columnist Keith Durine and I are going to focus on the UCP leadership campaign.
1: Hi, this is Keith Durine. I'm the legislature columnist for the Edmonton Journal.
2: Keith, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here.
1: Great to be here, Emma.
2: So as I said, we're going to be talking here about the UCP leadership campaign and the various, mm, let's call them kerfuffles, that surrounded it. I already outlined briefly what the kamikaze theory is, and it's really worth noting here that we talked about this a lot at the time. When it was happening, it was blatantly obvious what Jeff Calloway was doing at every single UCP leadership debate. In pretty much every scrum and at his press conferences, he would take direct aim at Brian Jean.
3: I'm pretty proud of my record as being the president of the party. We were always running surpluses. We always ran a well. We never had debt in the party. We never got into the kind of uh, uh, budgetary questions that uh, I guess the leadership of Brian Jean uh, led this party into. Uh, we just didn't deal with that. And frankly, I think that if you want to be running a government with uh, that's facing a ten and a half billion dollar deficit, potentially much worse next year, maybe ninety, hundred billion dollars in debt next year. Uh, I'd be concerned about electing someone who can't even run a $2 million budget.
2: But don't, uh, how do you think this reflects on the party as a whole, though?
3: I think it reflects on the leadership candidates and what they bring to the table.
2: So is that a shot at Brian Jean? Questions about. It's time. just the facts. <laughs> now, I remember asking Jeff Calloway about this at the time. So. How much do you dislike Brian Jean?
3: We have different styles of leadership, I'll just put it that way. Do you like him? I'm a collaborative guy. I think individually he's a good guy.
2: It was so obvious that even Jason Kenney knew this was happening. Back after all of this stuff broke and he was leader of the UCP just before the election, I said, yes, but wasn't it obvious to you that Jeff Callow was a kamikaze candidate? And he went, well, yeah, it was obvious that that's what he was doing. So it's not like this was any kind of secret.
1: Aside from Jeff Calloway's unusual behavior that Emma already took us through, uh, the leadership campaign was pretty unremarkable. Sure, it was tense at times. Uh, Leadership races exposed divisions within parties. And there was a hint of a future controversy around some security concerns over the party's electronic voting system. That would come into play later. But at the time, there was nothing that would suggest how important the details of this race would become. So in late October 2017, Kenny won with 61% of the vote. Gene got 31% support, and Doug Schweitzer, now the Justice Minister, got 7% of the vote. Ladies and gentlemen, the new leader of the United Conservative Party of Alberta
3: with 35,625 votes and 61% is Jason Kenney.
1: Kenny handily won a by-election about six weeks later in December 2017. Gene never returned to the legislature and quit from politics in March. And then life in the legislature kind of just went on. Alberta politics seemed almost normal for a time. Kenny used his new platform as leader of the opposition to hone his campaign message. He used Question Period to talk about all the ways he thought the carbon tax was hurting Alberta.
0: Mr. Speaker, nearly half of Albertans don't pay income tax, but 100% of Albertans pay the NDP carbon tax. Mm-hmm. It is the most regressive tax in Alberta introduced by the NDP. It makes it more expensive for seniors to heat their homes, for single moms to fill up their gas tank to drive to work. And now, Mr. Speaker, the, the Premier has again invoked uh, the notion of social license, that if we punish Alberta consumers for heating their homes and driving to work, that will somehow get a pipeline built. Could the Premier please tell us if she can identify a single uh, provincial government, municipal government, political party, First Nation, or environmental organization that has gone from opposition to coastal pipelines to support for coastal pipelines as a result of the NDP carbon tax? Speaker, on a different matter, uh, we've learned that the Calgary Board of Education is looking at cutting uh, full day kindergarten uh, to save a million dollars. It just so happens that the Calgary Board of Education is now spending a million dollars a year on the carbon tax. Is the Premier proud that her carbon tax is now forcing the school board to cut access to full day kindergarten?
1: The leadership race seemed long behind the party at that point until controversies started to surface about a year after it took place.
2: That controversy first came in the form of a kind of dodgy recording. The audio isn't very good on this thing, but it was a lady called Wendy Adams and she was a UCP operative and it seems to be in a coffee shop and it seems to be, you know, an internal meeting and she mentions about Jeff Calloway. Now, Wendy Adams, I did try and get comment from her once and she did not want to talk about this at all, but it just brought evidence to the fore about something that anyone who'd been watching this knew to be happening at the time, that Jeff Calloway had been running a targeted campaign against Brian Jean so that Jason Kenny could stay above the fray and not have to do any of that personal attacking himself. Here's a clip of that audio and I do warn you, like I said, it's not very good.
3: Jason
2: can't say things oh, about Yeah.
3: That Jeff Calloway is prepared to say. And, uh, so Calloway is doing a kamikaze run. Yes. Oh. Okay. Well. Interesting.
2: This came on the heels of Prob Gill getting up in the house and having a raging go at Jason Kenny. Let me rewind here. Prob Gill was a UCP MLA. He was a huge Kenny backer. He loved the idea of unity. But he was kicked out of the party after some controversy around an apparent ballot stuffing incident at his constituency association meeting. So Prab Gill was out of the party. This does seem to be something of a trend in the UCP. And he was cast down to the island of misfit toys in the back of the legislature. So Prab Gill gets up during question period. He wants to know if the NDP government has asked the elections commissioner to investigate the UCP leadership race. He talks about envelopes full of cash and suspicious donations, and he makes some pretty pointed allegations about how one leadership candidate was funded.
3: Mr. Speaker, given that it appears that uh, there were more than $40,000 of very suspicious donations made to a UCP leadership candidate who attacked Brian Jean in the UCP leadership race and who ultimately endorsed the leader of the opposition, and given that there are rumors that this money actually came from a PAC associated with the leader of the opposition, can the government confirm that the election commissioner is investigating this PAC and these questionable donations?
2: Gill also alleged in a letter to the RCMP that thousands of fake votes were cast in the UCP leadership race after fraudulent email addresses were created. We'll come back to those allegations, but it's really worth noting here that Kenny threatened legal action against Prab Gill over these allegations. He even sent a cease and desist letter.
1: And then there was a guy named Happy Man uh, who lost a UCP nomination race in Calgary. Mann says that he went to several strategy meetings to discuss collaboration between the Calloway and Kenny campaigns. This included a meeting in July 2017 at Calloway's house when Kenny was in attendance, according to Mann. Kenny would later dismiss Mann's accusations as sour grapes, noting that he had been disqualified as a UCP candidate because some of his supporters had assaulted a journalist, allegedly.
0: I've, I've disclosed that meeting since I was first asked about any relationship between our campaign and Mr. Calloway's. Um, I, he invited me to his house for dinner. And I had so supporters of mine there, he had supporters of his there. I was there to ask for his endorsement uh, for my leadership campaign because he was the outgoing president of one of the two legacy parties and had a pretty significant network of supporters. Uh, and in the course of that uh, discussion, he made it clear he about his intention Uh, to uh, pursue running now. At the time, I don't think it it sounded to me like he hadn't made up his mind between a a potential exploratory run or going all the way to the left.
1: In a Facebook post, Mann wrote, and I quote here, We felt that it was important for Jason Kenney to win decisively, and this could only be guaranteed if another candidate took away from Gene's popularity. End quote.
2: Then, of course, we have our old friend Derek Fildebrand. Again, he's somewhat of an Alberta legislature stalwart, or was until he did lose his seat in the election. But Derek Fildebrand was also thrown out of the United Conservative Party. He didn't sit in the island of misfit toys long. He made his own party called the Freedom Conservatives. Anyway, he came forward and said, absolutely, we all knew about this kamikaze campaign. In fact, Jason Kenney asked me to be the fall guy here. One of the documents that came out here was about... um In July 2017, there was a meeting with you, Derek Fildebrand, to inquire if you would be a suitable candidate to run as a dark horse candidate. Did that meeting happen?
0: Yes, it did. Mr. Kenny and I sat down for dinner at the cake near McMahon Stadium uh, in Calgary. I remember it quite well. I had a medium rare ribeye steak. And although, to be fair, that's probably what I always order. But um, he had asked me if uh, I... I would be interested in doing this to be able to say things about Mr. Gene that he would not want to say to
1: say about the fray. Uh, I was not particularly interested in that. So you have all these people coming forward, which prompted an investigation by the elections commissioner, Lauren Gibson, who began to look into the Callaway campaign, details of which started to surface in January. In particular, Gibson was looking into how the Callaway campaign was financed, and he found several instances in which donors to the Callaway campaign used money that was not their own. It came from other sources, which is illegal under Alberta election law. As we're recording, we know that $71,000 in fines have been levied by Gibson's office against members of the Callaway campaign or donors to that campaign, including $22,000 right at the end of May. One of the people who was implicated in Gibson's investigation was a man named Cameron Davies. Now, Cameron Davies served as Jeff Calloway's co-campaign chair. He was initially fined $15,000, a very hefty sum, for allegedly trying to obstruct Gibson's investigation. However, later on, he came to help Gibson. He helped him with information about the Jeff Calloway campaign and Kenny's alleged involvement in that.
2: Look, there is a lot going on here, so this is probably a good place to take stock of where we are at. There are three things to keep in mind before we go further. Firstly, several former party members and candidates allege that Jeff Calloway entered the UCP leadership race to attack Brian Jean, to take away from Jean's popularity and help eventual winner Jason Kenny. Number two, former UCP members say that this was done with the full knowledge and support of Jason Kenny. Number three, the elections commissioner investigated and has levied more than $71,000 in fines, mostly related to donations made to the Callaway campaign. Alrighty, let's move on. All of this was backed up by a massive leak of emails in March. Those emails showed a high level of cooperation between the Callaway and Kenny campaigns. We had calendars being shared. We had Kenny's campaign preparing speaking notes for Jeff Calloway. We had plans about when Jeff Calloway would release his policy ideas and how that might affect Kenny and what then Calloway could say. Kenny's since been asked about this, and he says, bah, that's all normal politics. It's nothing to see here, folks. Uh,
0: the two campaigns communicated on issues, and uh, issues management, communications and research and things like that. I think that the way that it's normal for two... Uh, you know, if you've run a, a campaign before where you're hoping to get the second ballot support to a particular candidate, you keep in touch. Mr. Schweitzer indicated that his campaign was doing the same thing uh, in terms of communi- uh, sharing information with uh, Mr. Jones' campaign.
2: That email dump came in kind of mid-March. It made waves. It proved a link between the Kenny and the Callaway campaigns that had been so very obvious throughout the UCP leadership race. But now there was proof of it. Another big part of this was some ads that were prepared by the Kenny team and sent over to Callaway. There were memes, there were videos, there was all kinds of stuff in there. Jason Kenny has been asked about this many, many times. In fact, he had a press conference just after all this stuff came out and he answered questions for about an hour. Over and over he said, Sure, I knew about that Calloway was kind of taking the fall, though I don't know why he was doing it. There was nothing untoward about this. This, he said, is politics.
0: The the idea of Mr. Calloway running was Mr. Calloway's idea, and it's presumably that of his supporters. Uh, Our intention was to get uh, his support uh, either through um, uh, at the final ballot, as second ballot transfers, or uh, his endorsement. And uh, so in the lead up to that, Two campaigns communicated on political issues in political campaigns. Um, you know, let me put this in, in, in some perspective. Back in the day when we had delegated leadership conventions, um, supporters of one campaign would spend all the time talking to supporters of another campaign, sharing information, what's going on, uh, offering, you know, uh, uh, information or trying to bring people over to their side. It's called politics. Now, in these uh, single-member vote electronic systems, it happens by email and text instead.
1: And then Rachel Notley called the election.
2: My friends, it is time
3: for an election.
1: Kenny was immediately on the defensive. News broke the day the election was called that one of his star candidates, Kaylin Ford, had to resign amid comments about white supremacists that had surfaced. We'll return to that in a later episode. One of the prevailing thoughts at the time was that Notley should delay calling the election to give the scandal time to grow. But she didn't, and the UCP leadership race became just one of many stories amid the frenzy of the election. Sure, the NDP tried to keep the scandal alive.
2: When we took office, four short years
1: ago, the Sky Palace stood as a testament to politicians putting themselves ahead of you. There were cabinet ministers who were also under investigation. And scandal after scandal. Some things never change, do they? Now today, the Conservatives, UCP, they're not even in office and they're under investigation. And my, oh my, do they want back into power. Here is Jason Kenney's argument in a nutshell. His team made a terrible mess. We didn't clean it up fast
2: enough. So fire us and put the old boys back in.
1: Kenny continued his message on the economy, confident that voters didn't understand or didn't care about the leadership race.
0: It's a clear choice. It's a choice between a party with a clear plan to create jobs, uh, get pipelines built get our economy moving again, in a party with the worst economic record since the Great Depression. Uh, if people love the carbon tax, they really should vote NDP because they'll raise it by 67%. If they don't like it, they can vote for the UCP that will scrap it.
1: In fact, it wasn't till near the end of the campaign that the UCP leadership contest would again move to the front of the news cycle. Stories published by CBC and others indicate members of ethnic communities in Alberta were targeted. Exploited as vehicles to create fabricated email addresses used to vote in the UCP leadership. Allegedly, operatives from the party would approach a household, sign up several members of that household as members of the party, and get their email addresses. Those emails were later changed when they were submitted to the party. The party then sent personal identification numbers, which were needed to cast a ballot, to the fake email addresses, and those pins were used to vote. That's how the scheme allegedly worked. How extensive it was, how much of it ties back to Jason Kenney, are questions still to be answered. But that is the exact subject of an RCMP investigation, and it blows up the party's stance that it ran a clean race.
2: And then we had an RCMP raid on the business of UCP candidate Peter Singh. Now, this was only a few days before voters headed to the polls. Police went into an Auto Pro business owned by Mr. Singh and seized a whole bunch of stuff. Among that stuff was a computer. At the time, we tried to ask Jason Kenny what exactly was going on here. Hey, Jason, Jason, do you have any comment about the RCMP raid? Jason? Come on, dude, I have to ask. You know that. That was me yelling to Jason Kenny just after a supporter event in uh, South Edmonton at a. Hotel. He didn't answer. A couple of days later, I once again put some questions to Jason Kenney. This is me leaping through a hedge to try and get an answer on what exactly was happening with Peter Singh. Hey, Jason! Jason, just looking for a comment. On the RCMP raid, Peter Singh's office? I don't know. Do you stand by him I know. All I know,
0: All I know is what you know, Emma. Okay, okay.
2: but do you stand by him as a candidate? All I,
0: all I know is what you know, Emma.
2: Do you have a stand He's by him candidate? A candidate? He's our candidate. Okay, Thanks, stand
3: by okay. him. Thanks,
2: Emma. Eventually, he did start answering questions in a more fulsome manner. Here's another set of questions from Sherwood Park the day before voters headed to the polls about what the implications of the Peter Singh investigation mean for his party or might mean for the election should the voters
0: of Calgary East know why Mr. Singh had a search warrant at his place of business on Thursday night? Uh, he hasn't been told. Uh, his, his son was contacted. Uh, he has not been contacted. And um, you know about it, as much about that as I do.
1: Aren't you interested in finding out, though, why his is written? Um,
0: uh, again, I w- would be if there's more information, but there's not.
1: Will you provide a copy of the audit report of the uh, 2017 UCP leadership vote to the media?
0: um I, I don't have that report. I've never seen it. I would suggest you contact uh, uh, Robin Henwood, who is was the chief attorney officer for that uh, campaign.
2: Were other leadership campaigns in that race? Then, the day of the election, Peter Singh's lawyer came out and said, "You know what? Yes, the rate on my client's office was to do with the UCP leadership race. However, my client has done nothing wrong."
1: When put all together, this was quite the controversy having to do with the UCP leadership campaign. There were questions around Kenny's credibility and his honesty around his own role in the Kamikaze campaign. And considerable questions about whether the party ran a fair race and whether its voting procedure was above board. In the end, it didn't seem to matter. Kenny won the election handily by taking 63 out of the 87 seats.
2: During the election, the UCP unveiled its policy platform, as you might expect. Included in there, but not spelt out, was a plan to roll back protections for students who join a gay-straight alliance in Alberta schools. Next week, we'll examine how the NDP used that to try and wallop the UCP, and what happened in the streets of Edmonton and Calgary as the policy sunk in.